When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, another great open from Mario Ruiz. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Lakers talk. We're in September. Laker fans, it feels really, really good to uh, get another one of these shows in. Uh, took last week off, so uh, obviously kind of itching to get back in front of a microphone. And how about the timing? Timing is good. Earlier today, Patrick Beverly got a chance to talk to uh, the Lakers media and certainly give an opportunity to talk about this upcoming season. I'm going to do something a little bit uh, unique uh, today. I'm going to play the full interview of Patrick Beverly from earlier today, and I I will tell you guys, if you guys haven't got a chance to listen to it, um, very interesting, really, really good. Patrick Beverly on what he thinks he's going to bring to the table. Pat Bev and how uh, how he would play alongside Russell Westbrook. Patrick Beverly being completely honest about the Lakers not making the playoffs last year and then some of the goals this upcoming season. Uh, This is really, really good stuff. And just to kind of set up the entire show, I'll play the Pat Bev interview. We'll get a chance to react to it. Darvin Ham was asked about uh, Russ and Patrick Beverly potentially starting uh, together, and I thought his response was very interesting. And on top of that, Jovan Buha of The Athletic, he's going to come up in about a half hour. So we got a jam-packed show tonight, and let's get things started off. Here's Patrick Beverly from earlier today addressing the Los Angeles Lakers media. Listen. The sizzle of savory mandu is calling. This is more than a dumpling. It's what we bring to the table. Introducing Bibigo Mandu, a discovery worth sharing. First of all, Patrick, congratulations and you know and welcome back. What do you think your special skill sets will bring to this club that they didn't have last year? I don't I wouldn't say that they did have, obviously. Uh, you know, you look on paper as one of the t- most talented teams and in, in, put together in the NBA. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what they don't have. But what I can't add is uh, a willing to be prepared every day. I'm a very detailed man, uh, so preparation is really big for me. And uh, the ability to will, my will ability, uh, will, willingness to be on practice that time, willingness to to compete every day, willingness to you know to to, to win a lot of games and uh, potentially go to the playoffs. So a will factor. Is, is it true that when you're a teammate, people love you, but when you're on the opposition, they don't like you? I, mean, I don't know. I haven't been my teammate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I guess that's that's what people say. But, you know, if you've been around me, I'm all about winning. I, obviously, I, you know, you can tell by my numbers, I really don't care about points and assists. I just care about uh, wins and losses. So that's the only thing with me. You've long admired LeBron. What? What are you excited about learning, or what do you think you might learn from him? Obviously, you know, he's been in this league you know, since he was a baby, you know, 37, 36, 37, I don't know the exact age, but to uh, the durability to be able to play, uh, you know, at a high level, season in and season out, preseason playoff, you know, I'll, if I can learn anything, I can kind of, you know, whatever that recovery process is with him and kind of take that up. But uh, obviously, he's done things and been places that, you know, kids dream about going to and being so, uh, you know, as much as I can soak up from him, you know, not only him, though, you know, AD, Russ, whatever you can soak up from those type of players. I mean, I don't think it does nothing but help you. Pat, Pat, you and Russ have battled a lot in this league. Um, 
I don't know if it's ever been personal for you, but what's it like to be his teammate now? What have the conversations been like? Super excited. And I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but super excited. And I was asked this question, I think a couple, two, three years ago about uh, someone I always wanted to play with. And he was the first name. Obviously, you know, I've been knowing Bron since I was a baby, but uh, rookie in this league. So obviously I want to play with him. But uh, just a, a player with that, you know, competitive spirit, that fire, that uh, that wheel, that dog, you know, that, that nastiness, that grit, you know, to have a running mate like that, you know, I, I, I've never had that. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see where it goes. Obviously, like any relationship or any marriage, you know, things, you know, we got to have tough conversations. I mean, that's, that's, that's what comes with winning. But I'm excited about those conversations. I'm excited about the practices. And I'm, I'm just excited to be able to compete with somebody like that. How do you, how do you think you guys fit together? I think, actually, I think it's perfect. I, I shoot a ton out the right corner wing. He posts on the left wing. Uh, out of out of ATOs, he likes to he likes to post on the right wing. I shoot fifty percent from the left corner three. I mean, it, it works. You know, uh, to have another ball handler out there with me, obviously with uh, you know, with LeBron also. I think the most the more ball handlers, I think the better you are, a team. Pat, having been on the other side with the Clippers for so long, what is it like for you to be a Laker? No, it's very different. I, 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 night and day too. I mean, just walking around the city, you, you almost get a different respect, but. With that respect comes a lot of responsibility too. So, uh, you know, you don't take a. Uh, for me, you know, my up- upbringing in this league, you never want to take a opportunity like this for granted. You know, you're talking about Amer- one of America's teams. So, uh, with that comes a badge of honor and respect that you have to play with uh, each and every night. And but you know, that's something I do do anyway. Patrick, you cited the stats that have really been about it for you, but there are some stats like net rating, right? Individual ratings that have always been really high for you on your team when you're on the court. Uh, how do you think that works with the will factor that you explained, and how do you think with this specific group of Lakers teammates, like how do you think that could impact a team that, that had some issues in, in various ways? Last year? I mean, I think this is a whole new. I think it's a whole new start. Obviously, you know, when it comes to you know net rate, I don't know a lot about all that, but you know, but uh, basically, the team's better when you're on the court. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but when it comes to all that stuff, you know, I'm gonna just be pat. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm go in there. I'm gonna compete at the highest level. Um, and I'm going to have fun doing it. So, thank you. Love that, brother. <laughs> First dime of the year. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I just, you know, I love playing basketball. I've been, I've been doing it since I was a kid. So, I mean, I just love to compete. And, I'm, like I said, I don't want to take advantage of this opportunity. Well, so just dating back to last year, you go to Minnesota, and it does seem like you have an impact on the culture there, the defensive intensity, et cetera. What did you do in your mind, and how did that go, and how do you think that trends? The Houston Rockets and the Clippers. And Minnesota, I just didn't want to make make sure you didn't forget your team. Well, I, sure, yeah, most, exactly, most, yeah most all three of their ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I changed the culture. All, all three of them. Yeah, but uh, I'm not here trying to change the culture. I'm just trying to implement uh, what I feel like has worked over the past years. And that's the more closer you are, the more the more you are a team. The more you spend together, the better you all the better you will be as a team. Uh, if you can't have those tough conversations uh, amongst each other, you damn sure ain't gonna have them in front of 20,000 people while the crowd is going against you. So my thing has always been camaraderie, team, team, team. And you do that and you play hard, you just let the dominoes fall wherever they fall from there. Uh, you, you talk about the difference between, you know, being in L.A. as a Laker versus Clipper, but um, along the lines of what you were just saying, like, their marketing, their identity is so much built on you and the people in the back and Clam City, right? Mm. Like, is it a trip for you at all to, like, have to, like, face sort of something that you helped build? Nah, uh, no. I think it comes with the, I think it comes with the territory. Uh, obviously, you know when it comes to structure and when it comes to, uh, uh, you guys like to use the word culture, or whatever that you know. When it comes to that, obviously you can, 
you know, hint me and, and, and you know, and throw a title on it. But I just, I just like to win. You know, I just like I, I pride myself in never ever missing the playoffs. Like I pride myself in little stuff like that. You know, to, to people it might not be a big thing, but for me that's a big thing, obviously, because I'm not at All Star every every February. So, you know, me making the playoffs, me not making the playoffs, that's a big thing to me, and I and I and I wear that wholeheartedly on my sleeve. So, uh, I don't I don't expect that to change anytime soon. When you got dealt to Utah, did you think there was another stop for you, perhaps, and then? I guess the way that the trade happened is I was in the Midwest when it happened. It was midnight. Yeah. Um, you know, it was pretty, like, kind of talked me through the process of finding out. I think you tweet something like, I woke up a Laker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the, the Minnesota trade come, came out sideways. I, obviously no one uh, on my team, we didn't, we didn't expect it for that to happen. Uh, so I'm obviously I'm preparing. Like, I'm going back to Minnesota. I get a call. You trade to Utah. You know, my, my mindset, okay, I got to take Utah to the playoffs, you know, that's, that's just my mindset. Uh, I mean, you hear things, obviously, you're on the internet, I'm on the internet, I'm, you hear things, you know, you don't know how true it is, and, you know, until it finally happens, that's when it really hits you, like, oh, shit, like, you know, I'm a Laker, so when that, when I, you know, we got that call or whatever, you know, it, the guy, whoever put it out, Woj or whoever, um, I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's like you want something and it's finally here, you know, and I'm just super excited about it. Uh, like I said, to to play with those three guys, you know, and, and the coaches, you know, his first year, like, you know, I've, I've been with a coach where he coached his first year. It's super excitement. You know, you focus on nothing but winning. So, like, to be able to, you know, go through that whole process again, I'm very excited about it. Miriam hinted at this, but, you, you know, Houston, especially when you were there, like, you know, was, was building something, right? Like, the Clippers had an identity that, that was changed. Minnesota was a young team. Like, how different is this situation? You walk into the building, you see the titles, the expectations are what they are. There's incredible star power already here. How different is it for somebody, I think for you, who kind of really relished like the underdog part of, of, of this? Well, I don't I don't think it's any different. I just feel like uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year. I mean, we've been honest. That's just the truth. Uh, so, you know, you can see all the banners, but, you know, it's what have you done for me lately. And lately, I haven't been a good team lately. And, uh, you know, I'm here. Obviously, Coach Ham is here, uh, you know, the polarizing figures out here. Uh, what's the reason? How do we get to it? How do we win? What do we do? What do we sacrifice? What do we give up? You know, everybody wants to go to the bank and take out, take out, but you have to give some also to be a successful team. So, what are you going to give up? And that's my thing, and that's what I'm going to implement. And you guys, man, I've been around this league a long time. I have no problem giving up myself for the team. So, and what's the next man going to do? The next man, and I think that's the that's the most important. Pat, you made it no secret you, you talked that you wanted to play with Russ, but also you made it no secret you wanted to play with LeBron. Yeah. I think that was more for you guys. I know you guys are kind of hold on to that one. <laughs> you guys want, yeah, I ain't going to hold on to, to me and Russ playing if, if it's only us cursing each other out. But I meant to something about LeBron. Y'all go hold on to that one. <laughs> Very interesting, but okay. You used to relish going up against LeBron, but why do you want to play with him so much? I mean, who, who, who doesn't, right? I mean, you know, you know, you're talking about, you know, GOAT status. But not only him, you're talking about GOAT status all the way across, obviously, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I know you guys fans of basketball, but I'm really like, I, I, you know, that's I, I, all I know is my life. I mean, we're a matchup problem. We're a matchup problem for anybody. And in order for us to be a matchup problem, we have to get to the playoffs. Playoffs are all matchups. And we're a matchup problem for everybody across the board. And we know that. So our business is just getting to the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, the guys who, all that polarizing figure, now you guys take us where we got to go. And that's the mindset. Physically, how are you feeling? Amazing. Like I'm 19. What about you? Like I'm 60. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come to the Lakers. We'll get you right there, my boy. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else, fellas?
Have you, have you thought about the, the types of shots that you're going to get? Oh, obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, they all like the mid-post. Uh, like I said before, uh, Russell, he loves the mid-post and transition on the if the rim if the rim is this way facing us. He, lo- he likes the post on the left wing. So, you know, that's easy for me. All corner threes, you know, I don't really have to worry about my closeout man. The closest man is coming from this way. Um, I believe I believe AD's left block. I, I think Brian's both. After ATOs, I believe Russ is right block. And my left three is this way. I don't have to. So, I mean. It's just basketball. It's, I know I get real detailed about it, but yeah, I, I, I thought about all my shots. Yeah. Defensively, obviously, the point of attack, defense has been a big part of your career, but you can also scale up and guard bigger players if needed. Have you had initial thoughts about where you might fit with this type of personnel under Coach Darvinhan? No, uh-uh. I just, you know, I won't. Actually, I, I want to be able to, like, you know, me, me having my running mates, you know, I really haven't had, you know, my running mates has been like, you know, you know Reggie and D'Lo, and, you know, for the last couple of years, I not really haven't had like a, explosive guard like Russ, you know, to kind of play with offensively and defensively. So, like, if I could take the, you know, if I could take the defensive pressure off Russ for him to be great offensively, I, I think that's a win for the team. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think, you know, the way the team is made up, I think I think it works. It works a lot. I think it's just up to us uh, to do the small things for us to be to be really good. Okay, that's Pat Bev right there. Um, fantastic stuff. I got a lot that I want to react to. We're going to do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. You got a chance there to hear Patrick Beverly, uh, the full, full presser from earlier today at the Lakers practice facility. Uh, just quick reminder, Jovan Buha in about 15 minutes or so is going to come join the show. He was there. We'll get a chance to talk about it, get his reaction to it, and certainly now want to spend some time um, with my own reaction. So a couple things stuck out to me. Uh, aside from the Patrick Beverly piece, I, I want to address something real quick on Russell Westbrook. So Russ was there. Russ was at the Darvin Ham press conference a few months back. And he's there earlier this afternoon um, when Patrick Beverly is being introduced and uh, is hanging around. I saw some of the videos, uh, one during Patrick Beverly's presser, throws him a towel. Um, and Patrick Beverly jokes around, as you guys heard, uh, there's our first dime together. Um for as much as Russell Westbrook's been talked about since he's become a Los Angeles Laker, and as much as that has been incredibly negative, and I'm I'm a culprit of this as well. Uh, obviously, the fit has not worked. Last year was just a disaster. It was really tough to watch on a night-in, night-out basis, listen to on our broadcast on a night-in, night-out basis, because he had such high expectations for the Lakers, and it just didn't happen. And, and the Russ piece of it 
it was not all warranted. I mean, Russ should not be blamed for literally everything that happened last year with the Lakers, 33-49 and 49 on the season. But you could tell it wasn't a good fit. His salary is incredibly high. Obviously, it's not working. He had his struggles, and the entire team just struggled. Um, he has been a target for over a year now in Los Angeles. It started uh, at training camp, and it has gone all the way to as we sit here today. Um, and we've certainly thrown out trade scenarios and everything else. I respect Russ showing up in the Darvin Ham presser, and I respect Russ even more so showing up at Patrick Beverly's presser. And my reasoning is actually very easy. Russ has been a target in a negative connotation for a year. And I don't know if Russ is going to be on the Lakers by the time training camp starts. I don't know if Russ is going to be on the Lakers by the time the trade deadline passes in February. I don't know if Russ is going to be on this Lakers roster um, a year from now. I have no idea. I, I really don't. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. And I, I know I've, like many other Laker fans, I've been a proponent of wanting to kind of move on. I respect that he's showing up, doing what he can from his perspective, trying to be the right teammate, trying to be a good teammate, trying to show that he is um, supporting the franchise. Now, what that eventually all breaks down to, I don't know. I know Laker fans, at the end of the day, want results, and that's what we have to uh you know, hope for this upcoming season. So I just wanted to throw that in because I was a little surprised that Russ was there. And uh, a lot of the conversation was Patrick Beverly talking about his relationship with Russ. Uh, certainly a conversation being had with Darvin Ham as, as far as um, those two potentially starting together. So anyways, we could get into that as the show progresses. I'll bring that up to Jovan as well. Um, so a couple things that stuck out to me with Patrick Beverly. I actually think this is going to be I'm not I'm not overly crazy about the Lakers roster right now. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have some of their they have doubts about if things will mesh, if they will fit, if you got the right amount of talent, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, Braun in his twenty year. We got a lot of question marks coming up this year. We do, and there's no hiding that. But I, I thought a couple things I heard from Patrick Beverly in that eleven minute, twelve minute presser. Man, is this the right person to have on this roster? Man, is this a guy that you know will voice his opinion uh, in front of 20,000 people or uh, behind the scenes in the locker room where there's only 10 guys in there and the coaches? Um, Patrick Beverly is going to speak his mind, and I really, really think he's the type of player that can help change uh, a culture for the Lakers. And you might say, well, what do you mean? They don't need to change their culture. They got LeBron. They got Anthony Davis. No, I, I think sometimes it's not just your star players that have to be the voice of reason. I always think back, you know, um, when the Lakers were winning championships with um, with with Shaq and Kobe. Well, yeah, we know we all know Shaq and Kobe are the two biggest guys on the team. We we know how important those guys are. We know they're the best players on the team, of course. But you needed guys like Brian Shaw, and you needed guys like Derek Fisher, and you needed guys like Rick Fox. And I'm not even referring to just from what they bring to the table on the basketball floor. What are they doing in the locker room? Can they be a bridge between a conversation? Can they bring up something that nobody else wants to bring up? Tell me where in that 12-minute conversation that Patrick Beverly was having with the Lakers media that you didn't walk away at least, at least feeling a little bit excited about what Pat Brev can bring to the Lakers. This is off the floor. On the floor, you know he's going to be a defensive player. You know he's going to try to be as best as he can a pass. You know he's going to be a dog that the Lakers, we didn't feel like, had a player like that last year. 
So I'm excited about that part of it, that part of it. And I love his honesty too. His honesty talking about the Lakers said, let's be real. They were not a playoff team last year. That is our goal. It's to make the playoffs. And then once we make the playoffs, it's all about matchups. And don't tell me we don't have the guys here that are going to match up against other teams. He's right, by the way. And it, that should be the goal. And I know there's going to be Laker fans saying, no, the goal of the Los Angeles Lakers is not to make the playoffs. The goal for the Lakers is always supposed to be to win a championship. I get that. I understand it. Sometimes it's more realistic than not. Um, jumping into this season, it is. I have to be convinced that they could be a part of that conversation. I'm not currently convinced of that. And there are a lot of factors that go into it. But Pat Beverly is right. They didn't make the playoffs last year. And their goal should be to make the postseason. And if they do, then that's going to be an incredibly tough out. That's the hope. How many games AD going to play? Is Russ going to fit in? Will he be on the roster? How is Patrick Beverly going to be? Are this, some of these young players going to be able to thrive? There are a lot of question marks. Is Darvin Ham going to pull the right strings at the right situation? So we don't have those answers. But having a guy like Patrick Beverly on your team, I think is no question about it, a positive thing. And I think what this guy is going to potentially bring to the table for the Lakers will be beneficial on the court and off the court. So let's see what happens, you know, once the season starts. But um, I was a fan of a lot of things that he said. He talked about how he's incredibly excited to play with Russ. Um, I thought it was interesting, too. There's a quote here where he says, uh, from playing with the Clippers and out to the Lakers, very different night and day walking around the city, almost get a different respect. Listen, I don't know if he's throwing shade at the Clippers, but uh, I think there's you know some honesty and some truth there. There's expectations that comes with the Lakers. Just there just is, and the Clippers have a really really good roster, really good roster. And you know people would tell you if you go look at the top five teams in the NBA coming into the season, there's a lot of there's a lot of experts out there would think that the Clippers are part one of those top five teams. Um, but the, the, the weight and the expectations that comes with the clip or comes with the Clippers in comparison to the Lakers is obviously, uh, completely, completely different. So I thought that portion was a, l- a little bit interesting. I, I want to jump to one other thing that happened earlier today. Um, so Darvin Ham also got a chance to talk to reporters and, you know, he, he was there kind of complimenting what the backcourt could look like. Um, he thinks it could definitely be a, it, it can definitely uh, jive, I guess you can say. One of the things that he said that also, you know, certainly stood out. He said, Darvin Ham on if, I'm, I'm reading a, a tweet here from Yovan, who's going to join me in a few minutes. Darvin Ham on if Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly can start together. This is what Darvin Ham said. He said, if they play defense, if they play defense, definitely. You know, one of the things I'm excited about with Darvin Ham coming in, and having a guy like Patrick Beverly on this team. Dudes are going to be held accountable. And Darvin Ham, I've, I've, I've said this before, and I, I think it's important to uh, reiterate it. Um, Darvin Ham does not have any pressure on him this upcoming year. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. He's not in the final year of his contract. Darvin Ham doesn't have to worry about, uh, will he be the coach of the Lakers next year? Russell Westbrook is on the final year of his contract. And Russ, this is a critical year for him if he does end up playing for the Lakers to show value so that he can you know, obviously continue to make money and prosper in the league um, like he has in his Hall of Fame career past this upcoming season when he's not due $47 million like he is with the Lakers. When I say Darvin Ham does not have pressure on him, what I mean by that is Darvin Ham does not have to treat Russ a certain way. 
And and frankly, let me let me let's not just isolate Russ in this situation. There's no player on this Lakers roster that he has to that he has to treat a certain way. Um, and, and LeBron and AD, listen, if the Lakers want to win, they got to be on the floor. So there's no real question there. But Darvin Ham, if he feels that Russ is not doing what he needs him to do, and he does not start him in games, um, I don't think there's pressure on Darvin Ham to say, well, I got to start Russ because it's Russell Westbrook. Let me actually play out another scenario that I think is more important than just starting. Who finishes games? If Austin Reeves is having a really, really good game, just using Austin Reeves as an example, and he's all over the place on defense, and him and Patrick Beverly are in the backcourt, and there's six minutes left to go in the game, and it's tied at 105 against the Denver Nuggets in Denver, he is not obligated to go back to Russell Westbrook. He is not obligated to... Um, go to a player because there's pressure on him to go to that player. And I think at times Frank Vogel, whether he felt that or he didn't, or whether he was just trying to keep the team together and he thought the best thing to do was to keep Russ in those situations, Darvin Ham doesn't have to do that. So I, I look at that quote from Darvin uh, on this potential of Russ and Patrick Beverly um, starting together if they play defense, if they play defense, definitely. He's not talking about part Patrick Beverly. No one's ever talked about Patrick Beverly when it comes to defense and questioning his, um, his whether it be his IQ on defense or his effort on defense. Nobody has. I thought last year was a perfect example of watching Russ at times where it's like, Russ, uh, you got to do more on defense. And that actually went with the entire Lakers team. There, there are plenty of times last year I thought Braun was taking plays off on D. So this uh, hopefully trickles down to the entire roster, but... Um, just a lot of good stuff today that, that gives me a little bit of excitement. I, I've got to be honest with Laker fans here. Um, we have not had too much to be excited about over the last six months or so when it comes to Lakers basketball. Patrick Beverly, at least for the moment, injects a little bit ex- uh, of excitement. Now we're going to have to get into training camp, and then we're going to have to get into preseason, and we're going to have to look at what is the mood of this team. What is the vibe that this team has? What's the personality that this team brings? What kind of player are we going to get from Anthony Davis this year? What does Braun look like in his 20th season? All those are going to be really the factors of whether the Lakers have a successful season or if they don't. But at least just for a 12-minute presser, I walk away feeling really good about having Patrick Beverly on this team. Who'd the Lakers lose trading for Patrick Beverly? They lost a really young and... You know, potential with Talon Horton Tucker, who's just 21 years old. But how much can THT help the Lakers today? I don't think that much. Stanley Johnson, I'm a fan of his. I wish he didn't go. I think they needed a wing player like that. But Stanley can only do so much. And his resume in the league and his resume in that locker room is not going to be what Pat Bev brings to the table. So those are a few of the jumping points that comes off, that come off to me having Pat Bev uh, a part of the Lakers. Like I said, um, he's going to be brutally honest. He's going to be great for sports talk radio. I'm going to tell you that right now because he's always going to speak his mind. But more importantly, hopefully what he brings inside of that locker room helps change some of the scope of what we've seen over the last year or so. Uh, Jovan Buha, who is the beat writer uh, of the Lakers um, for The Athletic, he's coming up next. He was there at the presser. Looking forward to get his thoughts on all this. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Obviously, a lot of uh, tonight's episode revolving around the presser, the press conference, Patrick Beverly uh, introduced as a Los Angeles Laker, officially introduced uh, earlier today. And uh, one of our main guys, a frequent guest of the show, does a fantastic job covering the Los Angeles Lakers. He's a Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, uh, also the host of the Stargazing Podcast, Jovan Buha. Jovan, what's going on, man? Thank you for uh, coming on the show. How's it going, Alan? Thanks for having me. Well, I want to I want to start with this because I know you were there earlier today. Um, give me kind of a, a picture, a vibe. Uh, Travis and I were doing our show, um, so I didn't get a chance to be down there. But give me kind of an idea of how the day went, how the presser went, just your overall um, feeling of uh, of Patrick Beverly being introduced as a new Los Angeles Laker. Well, I, I think uh, Pat started off. The, the press conference in the most pat way, which is, uh, and he would do this with the Clippers when, when I used to cover him with the Clippers, uh, but, but he walked into the practice that they had it in their uh, kind of practice media room uh, at the facility. And he walks in and he says, what's up everybody. And maybe a couple of people said, what's up, but it was, it was pretty quiet. And then he raises his voice and says, I said, what's up, everybody? And then everyone's like, what's up, Pat? Uh, so <laughs> that was just like, he, he would do, like, he's always kind of pushing the button. You know, he, he's, he's kind of keeping the, the pressure on and, and keeping you on your toes. And um, he, he's big on the, the greeting. And, and, you know, if he says hi to you, he wants you to, uh, you know, say hi with the, with the same energy. And, like, that's, I just think, a, a perfect encapsula- uh, encapsulation of, what he's going to bring to the Lakers and just keeping everybody active and engaged and energized at all times. And I think that's the reason why, if you look at Pat Beverly's career, his teams have always had greater success after adding him Hmm. and his teams have always been better when he's on the floor uh, statistically, just because of that constant energy and effort that he brings uh, to his ball club. So um, I think from, from kind of the jump, he, he set that tone and, um, you know, said all the right things with, with him and Russ. You know, that was obviously a, a big uh, topic of the day. Russ was in attendance at the press conference uh, off to the side, uh, stayed for Darvin Ham's press conference, which happened right after Pat Beverly's. So, um, you know, they Pat said he's never played with someone who has that grit and toughness, you know, like him, like, like a guy like Russ. Um, you know, th- there really was no confirmation of, of 
if they've talked or if they've kind of put some of their past behind them. But uh, based on Russ being there and, and the things that Pat was saying and then later what Darwin was saying, it does seem like everyone's at least on the same page of, you know, regardless of what happened in the past, regardless of what previous beef there might have been, uh, you know, we need to find a way to make this work. We, we believe our games can complement each other. Pat is obviously an elite point of attack defender, can defend multiple positions. We'll set that tone defensively. And then offensively is an elite spot-up shooter who can complement and play off of LeBron and Russ. So, uh, you know, definitely I think Pat's energy was one of the things that stood out to me. But obviously as well, you know, I think kind of the elephant in the room has been Russ in that situation and, and you know, specifically their relationship. And by all accounts, um, it seems to at least be in a cordial place, which is, I think more than you could say a few months ago. Jovan, you know, I'm curious. I'm going to go back to, back to Pat Beverly in just a second, but we know when Darvin Ham was introduced as the head coach of the Lakers, Russ was there. Pat Bev gets introduced uh, as part of the Lakers organization. Pat Bev is, or I'm sorry, in this case, Russ is there. So Russ is at, at a couple of these big-time pressers, obviously important pressers for the Lakers, and he's at both of them. Are you at the point now where, I mean, I, I know the way the offseason has gone. I certainly spent a lot of time on this talking about trade scenarios and what's KD going to do. And if he leaves, does that mean Kyrie comes? And you know what, maybe the Lakers can find a deal with the Jazz if Donovan Mitchell goes. Are you at the point now where you feel that um, Russ is going to be a part of the Lakers, at least by the time the season starts in less than 30 days? When I say the season, I'm talking about obviously the preseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to to lean that way. I, I think obviously the, there have been the the breadcrumb, uh, breadcrumbs all, all summer, kind of kind of on both sides because Russ has been active at things. Right, he, he was at Darvin Ham's press conference when the rest of the guys in attendance were uh, some of the the kind of lower role players in, in, in the, on the totem pole. You know, guys like Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, uh, Wendy and Gabriel, like those guys were there, um, but but not LeBron, not AD. Uh, the, the guys maybe you, you would expect, especially if someone like Russ was there. He was at the Summer League game. He, he was there today. So, like, I think there's been some breadcrumbs there on that. But but obviously, um, you know, the, there's been uh, conversations with the Pacers. There's been conversations with the Jazz and the Knicks uh, individually and on the, the three-team front, uh, you know, pre-Donovan Mitchell trade. So, um, I think while the Lakers have, you know, certainly explored – um, and I think we'll continue to explore based on what I've been told, you know, Russell Westbrook trades. Um, I think, you know, look, we're, we're 20 days, less than 20 days away from media day and, and training camp starting. Like I think at, at some point it is greater than not that he is going to be back. So um, I still think there's a you know possibility that, you know, depending on how things go in training camp, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what they decide. And um, as I think the, the trade deadline uh, gets closer there's always, you know, teams, uh, maybe teams that initially thought they were going to be competitive aren't competitive and, and they make certain guys available that weren't previously available or uh, depending on how, you know, where the Lakers are at around that 50-game mark, they're either happy with Russ or they're not happy and, and they kind of re-engage. But, um, you know, I have been hearing for a few weeks now that I think kind of that week leading into training camp is going to be more of the active. You start to hear some more rumors and there starts to be more of the pressure of, if the Lakers are going to make a deal, it's probably going to be before training camp. So this is kind of that, that crunch time. Um, so we're still kind of a week, week and a half, two weeks away from that. But it, it is looking with Russ being there and, and being 
um, you know, a good soldier like that, he at least will likely enter training camp starting with them. So we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it's been, it's been a nonstop soap opera this off season, but uh, um, you know, I do think that it's now, I, I think it's been about 50, 50 for a while and it's starting to lean maybe more towards 55, 60% that, that Russ is back. Jovan Bua covers the uh, Lakers, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, joining Lakers Talk. Yeah, and, and I'm going to give Russ some credit on this one. I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Um, I, I respect he's showing up. I really do. I mean, and I've, I've been somebody that's been a proponent of wanting to move Russ and do what you got to do, and they got to get other role players and guys that fit better, and kind of the laundry list of what other people have said as well. But I'm I, I respect that he's showing up. He's still a part of the Lakers organization as of today. So while he's a part of the Lakers, um, that is kind of, I think it, it, it says something for him to be around. As far as Russ and Patrick Beverly, hypothetically, let's say that is, uh, you know, Russ is on the roster. How do you think that backcourt works together? How do you think they complement each other? Do, do you think that ends up being um, the two starters if the regular season starts? Just your thoughts on those two, that, that pairing uh, complimenting LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, well, Pat w- was asked about that a, a couple of times and and started going into the X's and O's and and analyzing their fit on the court of like, you know, he's like uh, out of um, after timeout sets, you know, Russ likes to to post up here and and then you know I shoot this percentage from this corner and um, you know talking about how, how they often like to play on opposite sides of the floor and that he thinks he can be a good spot up option for Russ to, to kick it out if, if he doesn't have a shot. So I think, I, I think that they complement each other, you know, actually, you know, fairly well. I think that Pat, and we've seen it with Pat where, you know, going back to, to Houston with James Harden, with the Clippers, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and last year in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, like Pat Beverly is the type of guard that you want when you have, elite perimeter, you know, wings or, or big men that have the ball a lot in their hands because he's a good spot up shooter. Uh, he can handle the ball and, and run some pick and roll and, and penetrate and stuff, but it's not necessarily his strength, but he could do it at a high enough level where if you need that in, in, in you know, let's say they're, they're pressing against somebody or doubling someone like he can attack, you know, the, the defense there. And I think, he is offensively obviously a, a great kind of fit around. I mean, he's basically a three and D point guard, which there aren't many of them in the league, but he is one of the few and he does it at a high level. And then defensively, he can be that point of attack guy. He can defend multiple positions. I mean, I covered a playoff series in which he was guarding Kevin Durant for most of the series. And despite giving up uh, almost a foot in, in height difference, he was checking Kevin Durant and getting under his skin. And, and yes, Kevin Durant had a, you know, some big games in that series, but uh, Pat held his up. I mean, like you would think most point guards guarding KD is going to go for 70, 80 points, right? Like he, he just going to get sh- good shot after good shot. And Pat made him work. And KD's that great that he still got his, but Pat made him work. So I think th- there's the natural fit. What I, I found interesting was uh, Darvin Ham was asked about those two starting together. And the, if, you know, that's tentatively the starting backcourt. And he said, if they play defense, hmm. if they play defense, definitely. And I think subliminally that that's kind of a, I think a, a message at Russ, right? Because we know Pat Beverly, you, you never need to question Pat Beverly. Yep. I think last season, obviously uh, there was some questioning of, of Russ's defense. So, um, you know, I think that that's going to be kind of interesting how that plays out. 
Um, you would think that Pat has kind of always been a starter throughout his career, so you probably pencil in those two together. But it, it, you know, th- there are the kind of the questions of if they are going with a bigger starting lineup, like maybe you can get away with it. But that is kind of a small backcourt. You know, Russ is six three, Pat six one. Um, you, lo- you look at across the league, most backcourts have a guy that's at least six five, six six, six seven back there. So I think both Pat and Russ can defend up, and, and we have seen, you know. Last year, Russ defended Brandon Ingram, and, and there were games where he actually defended more wings than, than point guards. But um, I think a guy like Austin Reeves is, is also going to be in the mix. He's kind of another one of those 3 knee guys, has more size at around 6'5". Uh, you know, as I've reported on, has bulked up a bit this offseason, you know, gained about 10, 12 pounds of muscle, and has really been focusing on his body and his physicality and, and just handling the NBA grind. So I think he's another guy who's going to be in the starting mix, but – as of now, I would probably pencil it in as Russ and Pat. I just think to Darvin's point, this is going to depend on kind of the, the defensive activity level. Can those two defend together at a high rate? Because I think offensively, you, you put Pat around anybody, he, he's going to find a way to make it work on or off the ball. It's really can those two mesh defensively and complement each other, and I think that remains to be seen. Is this, uh, is this part of Darvin Ham in his first year is this the, I guess, flexibility that he's going to have where if he feels, all right, you know what, no, I don't like Russ in the starting lineup and defensively he's not doing what I ask him to do. Do you feel like he's got that? Part of this comes with the fact that he is a first-year coach. He does have a you know a contract where he's not worried about his job. How much of that do you think comes into play when deciding what to do with Russ? And maybe that also has to do with the fact that Russ is in the final year of his contract. Does he not feel any pressure, you think, to have to put Russ in a position or to have to start him? Yeah, well, I reported a few weeks ago that um, from what I've been told, Darvin has the green light to make difficult decisions with Russ, um, you know, be it. Uh, remember last year, it was such a big deal when Frank Vogel benched Russ down the stretch of a few games. And, you know, Russ was asked about it, and he obviously wasn't happy with it. And Frank had to be asked about it. And um, then there was the, the subsequent reporting that Frank had to clear it with the front office and, and get kind of their permission to do it. So I've heard Darwin is going to be empowered with making those difficult decisions. Uh, now, the way it's been kind of framed to me, and I think the way that's been framed publicly as well is like, you know, Russ, they are still considering this a big three and that Russ is still one of the stars. So um, I, I believe Russ is going to be at least enter training camp if he's on the roster and, you know, things are – everyone's on the same page. Like, I think Russ is entering training camp as the starting point guard or shooting guard. I mean, you can kind of go either way with, with him and Pat. But as one of the starting uh, guys in the backcourt, I think it would take something a little bit more drastic of, you know, him, him maybe – not having that defensive activity or, or effort level that you want uh, in training camp or um, just him maybe not having the right attitude to see him, you know, potentially be benched. But I think to, to start and most likely to start the season, they're going to have him as a starter and then revisit that down the road. But I think it's more so in, in the case of Darwin kind of making those decisions, it's more so minutes wise and like closing games, like, you know, okay, you're Russ, you're, mm. you're going to start, but if you're not, you know, defending at the level we need you to, or if you're not playing within the the style of offense that we want you to play in, then, okay, we will adjust your minutes. You know, maybe you play 25 minutes instead of 32 minutes, or maybe you don't close this game because Pat's already hit four threes 
you know, Austin's played good defense. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with these two guys instead. So I think there is that flexibility there more so than last year. And, and to your point, he's an expiring contract. He doesn't have as much leverage as he had last season, where I think it was new, it was fresh, it was you know the, the big three, and they haven't really played together, and like this and that. Like I don't think there's that same kind of goodwill feeling entering the season. I think there's more of everyone has a sour taste in their mouth. They want revenge. And the guys that are going to buy in fully and play with defense, you know, play with defensive tenacity and effort, those are the guys who are going to play. So um, I think Russ, because of who he is and, and just because of his talent and his production, like he is going to have a big role, obviously. And uh, again, I think start, but I think the, the finer kind of details of, of minutes and closing and, and some of those things, will ultimately be determined by his defense and by Darvin Ham's kind of assessment of that and, and where he's at in relation to other guys on the team. Yovan, final one, and uh, as always, we always uh, appreciate your time on the show. Um, as far as as far as the potential deals still left out there, the, a couple teams that we've talked about, the Utah Jazz and a few of their players, or maybe potentially, I know it's been brought up a ton of times, Indiana Pacers, if a deal was to be made where um, Russ ends up with another team and the Lakers do make a move, is there a team that, you know, of some of the reported or some of the rumored conversations, is there a deal out there that you've liked more than others between maybe Indiana or um, uh, whether it's the Pacers or the Utah Jazz, or maybe there's a sleeper team out there that we're not talking about? Well, I think the Indiana deal is the best potential remaining deal um now i've heard talks have cooled but between the two sides it's been a little bit um since they've discussed uh, you know actual terms of of a deal uh, i think that was a a warmer situation in like june and july uh so i think you know that one i i think there's gonna probably they're probably going to reapproach the table again closer to training camp you know, kind of that week leading in. But that one, I, I think right now, is, is definitely less likely than, than you know, likely and, and definitely not as, as warm as it once was. Um, I think, you know, the, the most obvious one is Utah right now, where Utah is having a fire sale. Uh, the Lakers were trying to get involved in the Donovan Mitchell three-team deal with New York. And I think in that deal, there's the potential to – not have to give up as many assets just because New York was already going to be giving up so many assets to Utah that if the Lakers kind of attach themselves, you know, they could kind of sneak in almost and be like, Hey, you know, well, maybe we'll give you a pick or, or a protected pick, but um, you know, not, not the level of actually in dealing one-on-one, which is the scenario that they're in now. And that is where I think there, there's some kind of trepidation on their part of how much should we actually give up for a package of say, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gay, or, or whoever else you want to throw in as a third guy, like, you know, where does that actually get us? Mm-hmm. And I, I think with the Miles Turner Buddy Heel deal, that clearly, like, just, I mean, look at this starting five Miles Turner, AD, LeBron, Buddy Heel, Pat Beverly. Like, you have shooting, you have defense, you, you have really nice, versatile pieces around LeBron and AD. Like, I think that starting five can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody in the league, if, if not you know, be one of the league's best lineups. So, like, that group, I think, if you're the Lakers, you're confident in. But if you're starting, you know, I don't know, Thomas Bryant, 
AD, Boyan Bogdanovich, LeBron, or maybe you're going AD at the five. Like, you know, are you confident in the backline defense? Uh, yes, the shooting is better. Uh, and maybe it's a Conley Beverly backcourt, but like, I just think there's more question marks with the Utah situation. And don't forget who's in charge in Utah right now. Danny Ainge, who does, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not going to do Lakers any favors. Sure. There's a long history there but with the Celtics Lakers rivalry. So, um, you know, we, we've seen Danny really prioritizes picks over everything, you know, anything else. Part of the reason why they went with Cleveland versus New York was just the, the sheer volume of picks in that Cleveland trade. So, you know, the demand right now is going to be Lakers, you know, give us two picks and the Lakers are going to say, this is not worth two picks. And, you know, we're not even sure if it's worth one pick. Um, and, and maybe there's, uh, again, a middle ground where it's a pick or it's a lottery protected pick. But I don't, you know, Utah is going to ask for as much as they can possibly get out of the Lakers. And I don't think the Lakers view that package as, as worth it. So that's kind of where things stand right now. Uh, I think between the two, Utah is certainly more likely. I just don't know if the Lakers view it as a trade that they are willing to give up, uh, you know, even an unprotected pick for. So that, that's where kind of the, the haggling point is going to be over the next few weeks. And um, But I think if, if we do see a Utah-Lakers trade, it is something along the lines of Russ for Russ and a pick or a lot of protected pick for, you know, Bogdanovich, Conley, who has a $14 million uh, partial guarantee the following season, and then maybe like a, a Rudy Gay or, or someone like that. So uh, that, that's what Laker fans should be on the lookout for if a deal does go down. There it is, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, uh, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Yovan, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate you uh, doing this tonight and uh, always uh, appreciate the insight. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, final thoughts coming up next. Stay right here at Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, thank you to uh, Yovan Bua for joining the show um been a great show so far here so we're always already coming to it what the heck just happened to the show we have one hour uh already feel like um everything's obviously flown by but uh the one other thing that i do want to get into you know i i spent some stuff sometimes i'll put some stuff up on my youtube channel i did that last night and i this was before the pat beverly and the conversation and it, it's really kind of what's next for the lakers was the theme of last night's show and i, I can't I kind of sit back here and in my head, if this is it, if this is the roster that the Lakers have this upcoming season and they don't make another move and Russ is on uh, on this team, um, and well, listen, we continue to hear the rumors. You heard Yovan talking about it. The final question I had about uh, looking at what the Utah Jazz can offer or what the Indiana Pacers can offer. Um, if a deal is not done and Russ is on this team, I, I, I'd be, you know, I, I kind of stand, want to make sure I put this right. It would have been a surprise offseason for me that he did not get dealt. It would have been a surprise offseason for me that the Lakers did not find a way to get some different role players. And, you know, you don't want to make a bad deal just to make one. You want to make a deal that you feel like makes sense and not continue to dig yourself a hole if that's what the feel, if, if the Lakers feel like other teams are just going to try to take advantage and take compensation of those picks. Um, there was uh, an article over the weekend 
that I thought was really interesting. There's an NBA executive that says the Lakers' first-rounders in 2027 and 2029 are most powerful thing as far as picks go in the league right now. And this was coming on, uh, this was an anonymous NBA executive, and it was on Heavy.com is where uh, the, the quote came from. An executive told Heavy.com that everyone expects them to be top picks, and if you can't get them unprotected, everybody wants those. And it really kind of just tells you what where teams look at the Lakers in the next five to seven years, where their future is going, what happens after, you know, post LeBron James, where will they be as far as draft compensation? Will they be in a position to still compete? And there's a lot of signs that would tell you that's going to be incredibly difficult unless they're able to use a lot of that cap space to go get players. And I'm not telling you that the Lakers should not look and, and make sure that they protect their picks. Of course they should. You got, that's, that's a big, big way of how you build your, your, uh, future and also your present. However, the Lakers, since LeBron got here, have not worried about the future. They've been worrying about now. So it's difficult, it's difficult sometimes if the Lakers feel like they can improve their roster and it's costing up and uh, costing them a pick in five years or costing them a pick in seven years or costing them both of those picks in that five to seven year window. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't uh, take advantage of that if they felt like that's going to put them back in the conversation. Now, um, maybe that deal doesn't exist. Maybe a lot of the rumors and the conversations out there, uh, it's just a team like Utah and Indiana trying to take advantage of the Lakers, and maybe it's not the right thing to do. Um, but I also think that you know, you're in a position now where LeBron is here and AD is here. And you're not going to have them if LeBron decides to hang it up in two years or three years or whatever the case is, or just his level of play just can, it, it drastically goes down because of age and there's nothing you could do to, uh, nothing you could do for it. I really think you got to take advantage of these, uh, these opportunities now. And I'd hate to see any type of opportunity go by the Lakers right now, specifically because they're supposedly in an all winning mode, even though they were 16 games below 500 last year. I know a lot of this is going to depend on the health of Anthony Davis. Laker fans, that's all we got. Uh, if you want the entire one hour of the show, ESPN LA podcast, Lakers talk channel, it is there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. LA, have a great rest of your night.